The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Coming up after 10.15, Dr. Jason Behrman will join me for our sex tech segment. We'll talk about how gender and uh, how there's a gender and sexuality bias at the Consumer Electronics Show. Apparently, uh, lady sex toys are forbidden. And also, beware, your sexual orientation and relationship status on social media is making you a target for propaganda. Those are some of the topics we'll cover uh, with Jason coming up after 10.15. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your calls and texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion now at 514-790-0800 or 514-800. Remember, you can always send me your emails as well in between shows, Lori at drlaurie.com. So let me get to some leftovers from uh, last night. Uh, one question was, is it possible to enlarge or elongate the pe- the penis. I can't tell you how many times I get asked this question. Now, I do have one uh, frequent listener who uh, swears by the method of power Kegel exercises that has worked for him. You could look that up. I cannot find any studies that show categorically that you can, in fact, uh, enlarge or elongate uh, the penis. Like all those creams, pills, treatments, surgeries, all of that, um, you can't, they, they don't work. They, for the most part, they, uh, don't work. And this is according to urologists, according to studies that have been done, uh, and all of that. And there's no, there ha- aren't any scientific studies related to the power Kegels either, uh, just so you know. Um, but however, you can increase the size of your penis visually. There are things you can do. You could lose weight. Uh, you actually gain an inch or two uh, if you get rid of some of the pubic fat. So if you are uh, overweight, you can trim your pubic hair. It's another way to make it look uh, bigger. You can also make sure that your erection is at full capacity, which it may not be and therefore may feel uh, less big. So we're talking about getting maximal uh, length or uh, or girth and Apparently, some men just don't get to that potential. So um, not that I am uh, advocating any of the the pills, although Viagra, Cialis, those are the common pills that some men take, even if they don't have erectile dysfunction. But when they do take them, they feel that it uh, their penises appear uh, or seem to be bigger. And that's simply because of the blood flow. So when there's a lot of blood flow to the penis, it will... Um, be your maximum. Let's say you reach your maximum level, uh, then it will appear longer to you. So I hope that uh, answers that. There's no magic uh, growth. Like there's no, there's nothing magical that you can do to grow uh, a bigger penis. So don't, don't, don't buy any of those things that they try to sell you online uh, for that kind of thing. Is the pleasure that can be felt in the anus due to nerves in the anus or is it from the vagina? So there are nerve endings in uh, in the anus. There are nerve endings surrounding that area that are that belong to that area and not uh, to the vagina. So um, but again, because the the opening like the entry in there 
is close to the vaginal canal, there might be some friction with the internal structure, let's say, um, of the clitoris, for example. Remember the internal structure. Uh, but there are nerves in there, and some women have uh, will tell you that they can experience orgasm through anal sex, and others will tell you it's sheer pain and uh, they get no pleasure from it. So it all depends on uh, who you're talking to and their experience with it. So there was an, a question that came up yesterday that we did bring up. Uh, this was on our vagina dialogues. Is it true that black women have a bigger vagina as compared to white women in order to accommodate well-endowed black men? So the answer was no. They don't have bigger vaginas. But then people started uh, texting in about uh, penile differences or penis size uh, differences in black and white penises. And so I got a couple of texts here, and then I want to clarify a couple of things. Uh, as someone who has seen black and white penis, some black men are smaller and some white men are bigger than others. Makes sense. Uh, and then someone else texts in that black men are definitely bigger. So which is it? So I turned to some of the research out there that looked at this. And um, there was a, a, a paper done in 2013 that reviewed, basically they reviewed penis size reports from 113 different countries. And what they found was that men of African descent uh, tended to report the longest penis, so it was about 6.33 inches, while those of East Asian descent tended to report the shortest penises around 4.3 inches, and men of European descent about 5.71 inches. The problem with this study was that it was all on self-report of penis size. So who knows how they're measuring it exactly. So when it's measured in the lab, it's uh, more reliable than uh, based on self-report. Um, but the conclusion is, yes, there are some racial differences in penis size, but the differences are much smaller than uh, than one would think. So we're only talking about po like one-third of an inch or something like that. Um, there was another study done. This was a study in uh, done out of uh, Nigeria, uh, and basically they looked at um, a whole bunch of men and then compared it to results uh, like in other studies of, peop of people of other races uh, that they had access to. And what they found was that the penile length for Nigerian blacks was longer than those of other races, but the differences were not statistically significant. So it wasn't a significant enough difference to make a, a difference statistically, except when you compared uh, Nigerian blacks to uh, Koreans. So when you take the two extremes, which is why when we talk about a world average, we're talking about uh, uh, both ends of the spectrum as well, right, that are included in, in finding that average. Uh, but their conclusion is there's the possibility of, of racial, racial differences in penile sizes, but there is no convincing scientific background to support uh, that uh, black people, in fact, have... Uh, much bigger or bigger penile dimensions. That was uh, their conclusions. So I'm just sharing with you the science. And I tried to dig up because I talked about this. I know I found, I'd read this on air. I remember it. It wasn't in my imagination, but I can't find it. And it was driving me crazy. But it was a study that looked at the differences in how testicles hang and that that 
might make a difference in the appearance of whether uh, a penis looks bigger or not. The other issue, too, is of stature. You have to look at the the stature of people in different cultures as well. How how big are, is the population? Like how... How tall are they? How, um, you know, their stature, basically. So that has something to do with it, you would think, right? All right, another question. I'm 69 years old. I love sex, good sex. I have a good appetite, and I want it every day. I don't consider myself a senior either. I feel and look younger, young mentally and physically. Those old men can't keep up with me. <laughs> this is from a woman. Once I start dating them, I have to let them go. They can't take Viagra every day and twice a day. I am single and I'm looking for a companion who can keep up with me. Please help. Uh, well, uh, you can certainly look online and uh, look at go to some of the cougar sites or something with uh, younger men looking for older women. There are such sites, so that's something that you could uh, you can check as well. So uh, it's a question of finding the right match and finding someone who uh, can keep up with you, although there are some men in their 60s who are performing just fine too. So it all depends on, on who you're meeting up with. Uh, coming up, we focus on uh, technology and sexuality with Dr. Jason Behrman. It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. Very pleased to have uh, Dr. Jason Behrman here. He's the Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Queer Tech, a, uh, a, a tech company that's a nonprofit international Official international nonprofit. Look at that. They, they put on a lot of uh, amazing um, events as well, which uh, Jason can tell us about later on and he'll tell us what's coming up. But first, I really want to talk about uh, some of the new stuff that's out there. I heard that some ha- toys, sex toys, are forbidden at a consumer electronics show. What's that about? <laughs> Hi, Lori. So I'm going <laughs> to warn the listeners I'm going to go on a very long uh, public service announcement rant today. <laughs> okay. I have two topics of uh, particular interest. We'll see if we can get to the third topic, which is uh, training machine learning algorithms with adult content, namely porn, mm-hmm. to make high-tech sex toys called okay. the Autoblow. But um, <laughs> first, People are going to want to hear about the Autoblow. Autoblow. <laughs> but first, we're going to talk about a significant problem here. Um, the tech community is in an uproar, and this was a big uh, media sensational case at the Consumer Electronics Show. So to put this into context, um, the tech sector now kind of has a bit of a problem, which is it's not very diverse at all. Mm. So um, almost the vast majority of professionals in the sector, are it's dominated by white and some Asian hetero males. Mm. And there's very few people of color, uh, women, and LGBTQ minorities. Is that why queer tech ended up, like, was that why it was born? Yeah, exactly. Okay. You hit the nail right on the head. And so this is one of the reasons uh, why queer tech exists, which is to encourage uh, LGBTQ people to pursue fulfilling careers in technology mm-hmm. and show them that, you know, there's a space for you and uh, you too can be a successful tech entrepreneur or a tech professional. Why? And- but why is that? Like you would think people don't ask when you go for a job interview, are you, are you part of the LGBT community? Like why is it that, that 
there isn't a good representation? Well, it depends on who you ask. And so if you um, ask people that are more conservative or uh, right-leaning politically, they will say that, oh, it's primarily due to biology. You know, men are more <laughs> interested in things and women are more interested in people. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's a gender divide. And then other people will say that, well, no, there's there's a culture uh, in the tech sector that it's not exactly the most inclusive and does okay. not encourage people to want to stay in the tech sector and and really work their way up the ladder. Okay. So there's lots of like misogyny and uh, uh, bro culture, they call it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't fit very well in that bro culture, it, it's not always the most fulfilling work environment, as you can okay. imagine. It's not welcoming. Is what yeah, it's not mm -hmm. always the most welcoming. And so you need role models and you need uh, people to aspire and, and to look up to, to feel like, oh, you know what? One day I want to be that type of person. Right. So think of being like, you know, the first female physician. Mm -hmm. Like before that ever happened, like as a woman, did you ever really aspire to be a doctor? Right. You, you know? didn't think you could. That's you didn't really the... think you could. Right. So anyways, um, there's that issue, and the Consumer Electronics Show, which happens in Las Vegas every year, is like the Oscars of mm. consumer technology products, and like the latest and the greatest and the weird and sometimes the frivolous, they're, they're all on display, and it's just this huge thing. And it has been criticized in the past for being, well, not the most diverse, it's very bro, and um, there's always like scantily clad uh, bikini girls at you know different That's kinds like of car shows, car shows, tech shows, yeah, exa yeah. <laughs> exactly that. And they had a few years where they had entire uh, speaking panels for the entire show of technology leaders, and there wasn't a single woman on the panel. Wow, yeah, okay. and that was happening again and again. And so they've gotten better. They started to try to be more representative of a diverse tech sector, and um, one area that is really changing is in the area in sex tech. And we're seeing that a lot of innovative people that are starting to make innovative tech uh, companies in the realm of sexuality are uh, female dominated mm -hmm. and they have LGBTQ representation. And this is where like the, the adult industry in terms of toys and innovations is now starting to get more cool and innovative because before it was very oriented towards male pleasure. Right. And now we're starting to turn that on its head. So lo and behold, there was a company that uh, wanted to display their new innovation there, and it's called uh, the Laura DiCarlo Company, and they're very pro-diversity. So a quote from their website says, we firmly believe that women, non-binary, gender non-conforming, and LGBTQI folks should be vocally claiming our space in pleasure and tech. Mm -hmm. And so they developed this new uh, sex toy for women's bodies. It's called Oze, and they submitted it in a competition to see if it could be uh, rated as one of the more innovative products there. And sure enough, it went through a few panels of judges, and they won. And they won as one of the most innovative uh, products in the um, drones and robotics category. Oh, wow. So what is it? It's a robotic massager. I call it um, a, a vibrator on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> For women, that gives something called a blended orgasm. So, so it goes in and out. I don't know. Yes. But Lori, please inform me what a blended <laughs> orgasm is. I think really what but... they're talking about is being able to have an orgasm that is generated from clitoral stimulation and one that's generated from uh, inside. But it's probably a toy that manages to stimulate enough so that it's uh, stimulating the internal structure of the clitoris as well. So it's it's probably powerful in that sense. Well, 
I'll take your word for it. But uh, <laughs> one of the reasons, I guess, that it's it's so innovative was that it was developed by a team of mostly female engineers. So they really know what they were doing. And in collaboration with a prominent robotics lab at uh, Oregon State University. And uh, they used advanced micro uh, robotics to simu simulate the sensations of the human mouth, tongue, and fingers all at once. Oh, there you go. And so the tech is considered to be so sophisticated that they currently have eight patents pending on it in fields of robotics, biomimicry, and engineering. Wow. And That's so impressive. Yeah, that is kind of impressive. Mm -hmm. And they, they were nominated for this award. And then all of a sudden, it was revoked. And this is where the oh, scandal wow. uh, starts. And they're like, what do you mean you're revoking our, war, uh, our award? And so they wrote back to the company and they said that they have a clause where any kind of product that is deemed to be immoral, obscene, indecent, profane, or not keeping in with uh, the Consumer Electronics Show's image can be uh, disqualified. And wow. they're like, what? Why are you saying that it's indecent, indecent right. you know, and, uh, or immoral, profane or immoral? And so um, they wrote back and they pushed hard uh, asking for an explanation. And then they changed their tune. And the Consumer Electronics Show wrote back and they said, oh, I'm sorry. What we meant to tell you was that your product does not fit in any of the categories for the competition. So it's inappropriate to go into the robotics and drones category, even though it was designed by robotics specialists in, in, in right. robotics engineers. So they pushed really hard and they said, well, why is it that we went through all the rounds of judging by experts? And they said that the product was fine. And, and not only that, that it, it deserved an award. W were they all delusional? Like, who dropped the ball here? Which so, man dropped the ball? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dr. Jason Behrman is here. Uh, this is our te sex tech segment talking about uh, why these uh, sex toys forbidden at the consumer, huge consumer electronic shows, totally unfair. Mm, oh, it gets worse than that. So, worse than that? So the CEO is is a woman, and her name is Laura Haddock, and she, she pushed for more answers. And she really started to rail into them and saying, like, okay, I want an explanation because this is not making sense. And I'll explain why it doesn't make sense. And it got worse. And the Consumer Electronics Show said, okay, you know what? Not only do we revoke the award, but you're banned from displaying your product on the exhibition floor. Wow. And so, and they were like, why? And it was due to the adult nature of the product. They said that it, it, it was inappropriate for the main floor. Maybe you could go get a private room. So this is ridiculous because every year for several years now, whenever you go to the Consumer Electronics Show, you can go and see people watching virtual reality porn, like out in the open. Half-naked ladies. Or, or like uh, women in, in, in bikinis uh, trying to hawk, you know, some kind of consumer electronic good. Um, all, all like the, the latest innovations in augmented reality porn. Smart vibrators have been on display uh, okay. previously. And a lot of these uh, sex robots that have been in the news lately, yes. they made their, de their debut on the floor at the Consumer Electronics Show. And there doesn't seem to be any problem with that being indecent so or what? immoral it, or in, uh, obscene. Is the bottom line the fact that it was women? We don't know. And that's why they came forward with a press release, this, uh, this company, and they're saying, no, we're, we're calling bias. And uh, we mm -hmm. don't accept this kind of treatment. And uh, there's there was other uh, adult toys, electronics that previously won significant nominations at the show. So for one was uh, by the company called Oh My Bods. 
Oh, I uh-huh. yes, heard about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have this toy called the Love Life Crush, which is a Kegel exerciser and vibrator. So mm-hmm. it's to help women strengthen their pelvic floor, mm-hmm. and you could also use it for fun. Mm-hmm. And it was named the best digital health and fitness product there. And they also had another uh, product called the a few years ago called the the Little Bird Smart Vibrator by B Sensory, and it won the Consumer Electronics Show's Innovation Award in the category of wearable technology. So they've been handing out these awards before. So all of a sudden, like, why is it now verboten? And mm-hmm. we just can't figure it out. And so um, what's, other... What's the conclusion then? Well, the CEO has come forward and she said that uh, there's gender bias that's going on here. And lo and behold, there was another female CEO who came forward after the press release. And she goes, uh, her name is uh, Liz Klinger. And she is the CEO of a smart vibrator company called Lioness. And she says that she was also denied admission to the Consumer Electronics Show in 2018 um, in the new company showcase. So quite often at trade shows, they will have certain areas that have a theme. And one of them is like new companies. And so she also was booted out. Well, sounds like there's a gender bias there. Yeah. Right? That's the bottom line, I think. So maybe we can uh, speak out and help. I don't even know how we can help, but... uh, got to be something mm-hmm. we should scream scream out this unfairness do i have one one you have okay. two seconds okay so at the same year there was a male-led naughty america company and it was permitted to demonstrate his augmented reality porn app right in the middle of the trade show yeah, there you go mm. indecent right indecent. right and her sex toy indecent i should say not uh coming up uh, beware uh something may be happening on social media that is making you a target for propaganda jason dr jason Behrman will tell us all about it after we check in with our cjd 800 newsroom the following the following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure to the pain and everything in between. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. Tonight it's uh, Sex Tech uh, with uh, Dr. Jason Behrman of Queer Tech. Uh, queertech.ca if you want to know more about it. Every time you're here... I get nervous because mm-hmm. you're always going to tell me something that I'm doing that's going to that's going to bite me in the butt somehow and it's quite scary. You always bring up something scary and this one is uh what is this about? You're what is what's happening that that social media may be making us a target for uh propaganda and what kind of propaganda? Well, this is something I'm really passionate about, and I really want to inform the listeners, like, hey, um, listen up. This is not a joke. This is really serious, and it's uh, it's really scaring me, and I think we all need to uh, wake up to this reality. We are living in an era of information warfare, and what I'm going to describe to you today is not some kind of partisan political ideology or uh, hearsay or... Or hypotheticals. This is the real deal. Uh, numerous governments, secret service agents from around the world have confirmed, as well as prominent uh, technology organizations, several different uh, researchers at different institutions around the world, and other specialists have come forward and they have identified that um, many populations around the world, especially us in the Western world, have been being pummeled with severe amounts of propaganda. And it is being very successful in sowing division in our society and is undermining our democratic institutions. You realize it sounds almost like a conspiracy theory. It is really, really 
freaky. And um, the more and more research that's being conducted on this topic, the more and more we learn, it's it's really troubling. And what troubles me the most is that most people are completely unaware that this is happening or they're aloof. They just don't really care. They don't really see it as a major problem. And this is not a question just about Russia, who is trying to undermine the the past uh, American election. It it goes way beyond that. Um, There's... uh, Russia is by far one of the most sophisticated and most active and um, pummeling prom- uh, propaganda through social media and mm-hmm. the internet. But there's also other um, adversarial governments out there that are doing the same. And there are also, very important to know, uh, wealthy people, people with deep pockets, and they are paying others to um, execute very sophisticated propaganda campaigns on social media and the internet to sway elections and sow dissent in the population in order to get their way, to get some kind of benefit. That's very scary, Jason. It is very scary. And so my call out to all listeners right now is if you want to educate yourself on this topic, a good place to start is by a prominent person who did a lot of research on this uh, subject. Her name is Renee DeRista. So Renee spelled R-E-N-E accent. Uh, Aigu. yeah. E. D I R E S T A. And... Um, What is really interesting that I want to share with listeners now is that one of the strategies that they use in a lot of this propaganda has a narrative related towards sexuality, um, especially uh, deviant sexuality, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. and also targeting uh, any kind of topics related to LGBTQ minorities, especially gender minorities and sexual minorities. And they're using them as a tool or um, a topic to weaponize uh, people, to weaponize these kind of concepts and sexuality to motivate people to either uh, get up and vote because they're so angry and riled up, or it is used to suppress other people's votes, so dissuade them from going out to support a, a political party that they would usually support, and also motivating people to uh, vote for a third candidate. And um, there's lots of propaganda that is trying to encourage division and conflict amongst people and population groups in order to destabilize community groups and distract us from issues that are truly important. Uh, Ethan writes us, he says, information warfare is when left-leaning journalists publish articles about gender fluidity without any scientific evidence. Okay, so this is like a great example. So a lot of the propaganda that I'm going to be talking about right now has used gender identity because we know that it's a hot-button topic in, in right. society right now. And they like throw gasoline on this fire and they use it as a tool to sow extreme division and a lot of like anger and animosity mm-hmm. and, in the population. And we're getting a lot of uh, evidence right now that this is working really, really well. So, so how is the, the give me like concrete? I'm on my social media. What what would what information do they take from me? And then what are what are they feeding me? Like, what am I going to see on my newsfeed? Okay, so there's lots of bots, fake accounts, uh, fake information. So you will see a, a sponsored link that is something that is a hot-button issue that you're passionate about, such as, like, trans rights. Mm-hmm. And then you click on it, and it takes you to a website that's very, very sophisticated. It's well-constructed, and it looks just like an authentic uh, news uh, outlet. Oh. But it's actually full of propaganda that's trying to... S- 
persuade you to do something such as vote for a certain political party or not go out and vote for them. Or they have uh, groups on Facebook where there was groups such as one called uh, LGBT United, where you think it's like a legitimate group where mm -hmm. you could go and meet fellow um, LGBTQ right. people or like, you know, trans rights activists. It turned out that it was people in St. Petersburg, Russia, that built this whole fake community and it got thousands of followers. And what they were doing is um, people would go on it and they will see uh, lots of like memes. Memes are really mm -hmm. popular. So those uh, photos that have the words over it sometimes right. they're witty sometimes they're not or whatever and anyways they were getting these communities built online and they were rallying them up and they were promoting them to go protest so they were saying hey guys we're going to have a protest this weekend you know to support this bill or whatnot and then the same people had uh, an ultra conservative facebook group that they were running as well and they riled up these people on saying like look at all these trans activists look what they're doing to our children and oh, all, wow. all, all like the poison that they're pummeling in society so they riled up all those people on social media and then both of them host an event at the same time and the event that they host is one is across the street from the other oh so they my. would get the people to come together and then lo and behold you get like conflict you get violence and whatnot and the whole purpose this of actually this, happened oh yes there's there's cases of this that happened in in america and i'm gonna i'm gonna go through a whole bunch of other examples wow Wow. The, Ethan writes, fun fact, the Soviet Union financed many anti-Vietnam war protests around the world at that time, and they didn't even have social media. <laughs> and this is what's fascinating is that uh, from the Soviet legacy um, – they knew that propaganda works and they had lots of sophisticated messages and uh, even even in the western world in america like we, we they were accustomed to propaganda you know to promote support for wars or whatever well, i just it is. think of hitler oh well and the there propaganda you go that, that was Germany. all propaganda mm -hmm. too but the thing is with new technologies today is that you could disseminate messages so readily and you could form communities online so readily and the people who do this kind of conglomeration of people can remain anonymous. You, right. you, you will never meet them. You, right. So you have no idea who's doing it. And they're so sophisticated that you don't even know that you're being duped. And, wow. you know, what they're trying to do is they're trying to destabilize our societies and instead of going to war or business people like they can't necessarily go to war. But what they can do is they could put a few hundred thousand dollars on the table and pay for sponsored ads to promote this kind of propaganda mm -hmm. on these platforms readily. And um, just for a few hundred thousand dollars, you could reach hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people and uh, a lot of the research is showing that well over 126 million people in the western world were targeted with this garbage wow. i'm curious to find out from our listeners if you've ever been targeted or if you've seen any of these or clicked on anything that seemed like propaganda um you know especially when it comes to uh, lgbt or mm -hmm. uh, anything sexual orientation anything of of that nature would love to hear uh from you 5148800 or if you have a tech question that has to do with uh, sexuality or relationships you can always uh, text us as well uh, dr jason Behrman is my guest of queertech.ca you can uh, check it out and find out what some of the activities are he's the vice president of marketing and communications there and uh, we'll continue to talk about this scary topic along with maybe we'll get to the auto blow. <laughs> I'm sure many people are curious about that one. That's all coming up. This is Passion with Dr. Lori. 
Tonight on the program, we have Jason Behrman. It is our sex tech segment once a month. He comes in and tells us uh, what's new, what are some of the things we should worry about. Uh, Texter writes in, it sucks how easy this stuff can reach kids too. They don't have the tools to recognize. I I would tell you, I don't have the tools to recognize. Most adults adults don't don't have the tools uh, to recognize when we're being... Um, manipulated in a way. Like already I I know that um, my buying, my my purchasing mm-hmm. habits are influenced or can be influenced with what happens on Facebook because Facebook knows the kinds of stuff I order online mm-hmm. and so all those ads pop up. So if I go and buy, uh, I don't know, hair products online, I'm only going to see like a lot of sponsored ads on hair products and I'm likely to uh, click on it. You know, and you're more likely. I'm to, more yeah. likely to. If it's mm-hmm. oh, that looks interesting. Okay, click. So, uh, of course, we're being uh, influenced. But to think that we are used to create chaos in the world—that's mm-hmm. the part that's scary that we don't don't think about. And it's way more cost effective than actually engaging in war. So to run some of these propaganda campaigns, they saw it, it would cost, you know, $100,000. And it was highly effective in destabilizing the societies from within. So for example, Brexit. So now the United Kingdom is now embroiled in like a horrible political mess. They're fractured from the European Union, and they're not paying attention to what's actually going on. And that just serves Russia's interest. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it works, you know. Okay. So rather than drop bombs on them, you just cause turmoil Chaos, inside. Right. So let's let's look at some specific countries here. So Ukraine, Ukraine just recently was engaged and still somewhat ongoing uh, in a war with Russia, where uh, Russia annexed a part of the country called Crimea. And in order to stir up the Russian minority in the country and also dissuade uh, support for the EU amongst Ukrainians, they had this very uh, prominent propaganda campaign where they were portraying um, Putin as this like macho, masculine political leader. And then any uh, leaders related to uh, Ukraine and uh, Western Europe were um, there was propaganda that would show them as being feminine or effeminate or they photoshopped them wearing women's clothing oh or engaging in uh, homosexual activity wow. and uh, it was just because like homophobia is so rife in this area right. of the world so they use that as a weapon to dissent. In Brazil Brazil just had a really, really crazy election, okay? And they just voted in a Bolsonaro, who is a populist uh, president, extremely right-wing and very anti-LGBTQ. And so we found out now there's uh, increasing evidence from multiple sources that uh, millionaires and billionaires in the country supported propaganda campaigns to get them elected on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and especially using the app called WhatsApp, which Mm -hmm. is a communication app. Right. And so what they did was is uh, they spread this dominant message that – People who were trying to oppose Bolsonaro, um, like the, his political opponents, were encouraging school children to become gay or reconsider their gender identity due to the sex education materials they were trying to bring into the schools called gay kits. And wow. so um, they spent... Um, I don't know. It wasn't all that much money, but they estimate that hundreds of millions of propaganda messages were disseminated through WhatsApp using this narrative of like wow. they're coming after your children and trying to convert them with this new like uh, evil sex ed curriculum. The left was trying uh, to do yeah, that. Yeah, right. exactly. 
in America, it's like really, really scary what they were doing and quite sophisticated. Um, they targeted a lot of minority groups such as African Americans, LGBTQ people by um, jumping on the coattails of, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter movements. Mm-hmm. And so they pushed all these hot button issues like uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, illegal immigration, sexuality and gender, Islamic fundamentalism and Christianity. These were like a lot of the hot button topics that they would pummeled through. And so they showed uh, Russian content was related to a lot of um, LGBTQ pages. So sometimes they would um, pummel these pages with like pro LGBTQ messages. That you would then click on because you were pro-LGBT? Or it would uh, motivate you to go to a protest, or it would uh, motivate you to do some other act, or it would motivate you to divulge more information, and then you could be pummeled with even more propaganda that uh, was along the lines of, uh, don't vote for Hillary Clinton, she's actually anti-LGBTQ, because don't forget, her husband, Bill Clinton, was the one who brought in Don't Ask, Don't Tell, Mm -hmm. which is true, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was the goal was to uh, make people feel uh, LGBTQ people who typically vote for the Democratic Party to feel disgusted with her and not go out and vote. But they have to get you to that site, right? Yes. So that's the that's the part that I, I, I'm concerned about. So for myself, like I'm on social media, what do I not click on? Like what do I have to look for to make sure I don't get these uh, messages? Well, we'll get into some of the regulations that they're trying to, to instill now to clean this up. But what they were trying to also do is they were targeting people that were were known to be very conservative, very uh, anti-LGBTQ, and they were pummeling pro-LGBTQ messages to them, like gay rights or trans rights and Mm -hmm. whatnot, to get these people all riled up and angry and then go to a protest, for example. (laughs) And so it's just unbelievable when you start to uh, dig into this this topic. It's almost like I want to put... to stick my head in the sand like this is crazy there's so much and somebody says how do we find truth in this world like where to start how do you know what you're reading is the truth like it's just with that this with fake news and we just keep thinking everything is like could we buy anything that we read so they're estimating now that even without paying for ads, just the communities that they were able to build up online, just like free, like, you know, they, they form spontaneously. Right. They they estimate that they were able to expose over 126 million people to propaganda wow. messages. Wow. And some of them were really convincing. They had uh, e-commerce sites, like they would have messaging that would, um, you would click on an ad and it would take you to an e-commerce site that was selling things like sex toys. They had another one that was um, targeting... Uh, ultra-right uh, Christian fundamentalists, and uh, it was a page called Army of Jesus, and <laughs> they were getting people to go in and uh, offer them um, counseling uh, for people struggling with porn addiction. Wow. I, only a couple of times I remember clicking on something and seeing, oh, that's not what I clicked on, and mm-hmm. then I just got rid of it, but I can see that if you begin to read it, that it could it could potentially uh, influence you. Um, can I do this... Uh, Texter wants to know, what does incognito actually mean as far as web browsers? Are they really incognito? So, you know, how do you stay anonymous? Oh, can you stay fully anonymous? The incognito version, which you you can get uh, on Chrome browser or any other browser, 
Um, it's not like really tracking your history, and there's no cookies. So um, that's how you stay. Yeah, that's okay. one way. Like it, it, it's like visiting a web page, and the web page is completely naive as to who you are, and hmm. it's it's kind of anonymous, but not exactly. Right. I suppose if you know how, your way around, you could find out who exactly it is. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, but next time we talk about the auto blow. And next time I want to talk about how uh, listeners can protect themselves and what we need to do to clean up all this, like, hateful anti-LGBTQ and sexuality propaganda. Let's do that next time. Absolutely. Always fascinating talking with uh, Dr. Jason Behrman. Also always a bit scary. Uh, Where can people reach you? Oh, yeah. So come visit our site at uh, queertech.ca uh, and uh, leave us a message. We also have a Facebook page, uh, Queer Tech MTL, and uh, also on Twitter. And if, uh, if you leave a message, I'm, I'm certain I'll, I'll read it. All right. Wonderful. Thank you again so much. And uh, Dr. Jason Behrman will be with us again in February. Uh, that's it for us tonight. Uh, thank you for tuning in and spending your hour with us. Thanks to our own technical producer, Dave Simon. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito. You can send me emails through my website at drlori.com. Coming up uh, next on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.